This episode is brought to you by BetUS.com. Life is back on, sports bettors, and BetUS has your MLB, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code DSP125 or 200% bonuses using crypto with the promo code DSP200. Customer service pros are ready to get your phone, social, and online sports betting kickoff started now. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry. BETUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BETUS.com. You start a podcast, the Flying Elvis' Fantasy Football Show. I'm Tito, he's Khan, Jeff Fitoff, and Adam Khan. Adam, where were we? Uh, let's see, it's been a few years since we've done this, but uh, we're back at it again, my friend. Is this the uh, Maiden Voyage Part 2? <laughs> I think this is our third Maiden Voyage, if I'm not mistaken. We are technically, I believe, podcast versions again, versions again, because it's been so long. I think we are back to where we were. I forgot about the first one uh, at the Big D. At the Big D, yes, yeah. yeah. So we done it a few times, yeah. The Columbus uh, Dispatch was part one. Uh, part one. Four one one fantasy. Yep. Dot com was part two. Yes. Um, and now it's been here again. Like re- you reunited ten years later or something for that effect. Yes, I can't shake you. <laughs> I have no problem getting rid of wise, but you, I can't shake you for some reason. <laughs> uh, but we are uh, proud to be here, to help you out throughout the fantasy football season. Um, we've done this for a long time, longer than most people you know, probably. Um, Adam, how long have you been doing fantasy football? Uh, I believe my first year was 1998. Okay. And which isn't as long as a lot of other people, I understand. But still, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a health, it's a half a lifetime, half of my lifetime. Yes. Um, and it was funny. I was thinking about that the other day. <laughs> we had a guy. Uh, we had a guy on draft day, our very first draft day. He was he was gonna pick a tight end, and he right. said, "I'll take uh, Ben Coates." <laughs> we were like, "Who? Ben Coates? You want yeah. Ben Coates? Okay, got it." That's that's a great guy to have in a league because you know he's not gonna win. Nope, no. We were uh, we were happy to have him. We were like, "Why don't you pay now?" Right? Yeah, and go ahead and prepay for your transactions too, if you don't mind. Uh huh. Yeah. I was, I was thinking about like, what the first fantasy football experience. Like that was one drafted. That's that's one that stands out. Um, and then the I experienced the. Uh, I mean, everybody has the the um, uh, thrill of victory and the agony of defeat all right. within the same minute of a game. I had uh, uh, Favre right uh, at the Metrodome against the Vikings. I needed fifty-one yards to win. Uh, the, he, they had maybe I don't know a minute, minute and a half at the most gets the 51 yards. There's like six seconds left and he clocks it. I'm just like, yes, I got it. Uh, so, yeah. you know, whatever. And then as the ball's in midair for the Hail Mary, I'm thinking like, Oh wait, unless Minnesota intercepts it. <laughs> she did then, I guess. Yeah. yeah, of course they did. So I took a one point lead and then lost by one all within the same, you know, 60 second time frame. I've been doing it since 1980. 
So well, you are much older than I am. So well, and I would say much. I, a little bit older. The pictures that you're going to see, the picture at the front of the show there, right there, that doesn't really. That's an old, old picture of you. So anyway, my first pick was Brian Seip, third grade, uh, Mr. Stass, Sass, Stassworth. We called him Stass. He, we had a bunch of knucklehead guys that like sports. And to get us to really embrace math and probabilities and percentages, he decided that every Friday we would each draft a team for that weekend. And then um, we'd have to, on Monday, come in and compile our stats to the Sunday games and uh, see who won and do standings with winning percentages and whatnot, um, percentage points per game for different people and things like that. And it worked. And just to give you some more context on that, Stas said that he used to play in the late 60s, which I had no idea. But his is more like even more primitive. He would go to a bar on Sunday with other guys. And before the games would start, they would all just pick a few players and they'd throw a few bucks in the pot. And if your guys scored the most touchdowns, you won the pot. And that's how they did it back then, which, uh, so this has been around for a long time, been near and dear to my heart for a long time as well. Wow. That's, that's impressive. So uh, just the game they were watching or the, for the day? For the like day. They the would just, yeah. They would do that for the day. Yeah. Yep. They would do it for the day. They would like, maybe, like I think like the one o'clock games or the early games where games used to be staggered still too. I mean, you're my lifetime. It's been like one o'clock, roughly one o'clock, four o'clock night game, you know, on Sundays. Yeah. And back then, there were some games that started at 2.30. Some games that started at 2. They, they had this, depending on what time zone they were in, it wasn't this rigid uh, format-ish that they have now. But uh, we, would, yeah. we, we would use the uh, USA Today as our official scorekeeping the next day, yeah. Yeah. which, of course, didn't always match what NFL, you know, the NFL stats right. had. Or, you yeah. know, so like, no, hold on a second. Right. He didn't lose that fumble. <laughs> Um, so there's, there's ads I history. I mean, we've, we've hosted podcasts for a couple of insights. Uh, I was on the radio for a, a hot second there hosting a show here in Columbus on fantasy football. Um, so we, we know what we're talking about and, uh, throughout the course of the show and the life of the show, we're going to obviously say we're gonna do more previewing, getting ready for your drafts and give some advice there, talk about some of the latest news. And then throughout the season, every week, you're going to hear from us about guys you should start guys you should sit. Guys, you should pick up on the waiver wire, daily fantasy, um, all those types of things will be here for you. And uh, we'll be here throughout the entire season and beyond, hopefully, Adam. Maybe we can uh, uh, help some people win their leagues. But uh, what I wanted to ask you first, Adam, was um, and I, I don't want to get political. Go ahead. Oh, well, I was going to say the history behind the show name. Uh, yeah, I'll know, do that too. Yes, please. Fly, fly, Flying Elvises is not a traditional, you know, fantasy title. Right. But uh, uh, Jeff and I, uh, we're in a league together and uh, still the, the record still stands. We're the only team in this league. Uh, that's uh, I, when did this league start? This is a, uh, uh, when, we were started. Columbus, when we were at the Columbus dispatch, we, we were in a league that has been around since uh, what? Eight, uh, 80s. 90, 90s. Okay. I think late eighties, early nineties. So we joined what early mid two thousands. Yeah. And we ripped off three straight consecutive championships with the name, right. the flying Elvises. So, we reunite again to hopefully win you guys some championships along the way. And, uh, and I'd like to point out the year that we uh, split. Uh, it, it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, wasn't hostile. Very cordial. No, I'm still pissed. You only back in every. How many years yeah. after that? Okay, Adam, let's get it back together. And how, like, yeah. like well, just me. Five times I've asked you, Adam. Let's run it back. Yeah. I, I, I like I'm the money. I like the money for myself. It's, it doesn't it, matter. But, okay, so no, one of the 
hostile now. It wasn't in the company. Now, starting now, it's hostile. Now, <laughs> yeah, we're not uh, we're not going to fight in front of the company right now. We're not going to. We can do this in a separate phone call or separate we'll, we'll uh, tomorrow uh, dinner. We're fine. Yes, we can do that too. Um, Anyway, but, so the Flying Elvises, there's a history yeah. behind it. Uh, it is it is one of our, 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 our favorite times, our favorite eras in fantasy football, uh, and it was a lot of fun. Yes, yes, it was. And so, I mean, you say it like we couldn't bring it back. We could, but you're choosing not to. But yeah. okay, so bring it back right now. We're a team again. Okay. Anyway, so um, I want to talk first, and, and not to get political with people, but are you is is COVID and what's happening with people being vaccinated, unvaccinated? Is that affecting where you've got guys slotted? Like, because Tannehill now is in the protocol, and Tannehill, we know, has not been vaccinated. Tannehill was vaccinated, wasn't he? Was he was vaccinated? Yeah, um, you know, there, there's, you know, the the whole everyone's by now has heard of the Cole Beasley speaking out, like he's clearly not a fan of it. Lamar Jackson. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, um, but I think the league is. I'm not worried now. To answer your question, no, I'm not worried now. I'm drafting as if the players are, are, are going to be on the field. Uh, I don't think you can get too wrapped up in this because like last year, I mean, we were all in the same boat last year. There was a whole lot of uncertainty and sure. you, you just went through with your draft and, you know, everybody had the same blind spot. You just didn't know if you were going to get hit or not. And it's right. just like an, it's just like an injury. I mean, or, you know, or an illness or um, it may or may not help to know if players are more or less careful, right. sure. Uh, but I don't think I'm going to like drop Tannehill down an entire tier uh, versus, uh, you know, I mean, he's, he's, he's in his pocket. He's in his second or third tier of quarterbacks. Right. And I don't think it's going to matter much. I mean, you know, if, if whether I take him or someone like, I don't know, he's better than Kirk cousins, but you know, I'm not going to make these, these, I'm not going to alter my, my draft board because of it. Uh, okay. Lamar Jackson, same thing. Like Lamar Jackson brings a unique uh, style and play. And, and he's got, of course, the, the, the running ability. You're not going to sacrifice. You're not going to pass on him to take someone like Matt Ryan. You're just, you're not going to do that. You know? True. So again, because those guys are different tiers. Now, if you have a choice between Lamar Jackson and Kyle Murray. Okay. I can see if you want to flip a coin there, you know, if you like go to other factors, you know, playoff matchups down, uh, you know, late in the season, weeks 15, sure. 16, and so forth. That might, if you have them even, you might want to add in some other factors there. Yeah, that's Maybe. the way I look at it. But, I, I, but, I, but I'm not going to overthink it, which no, is funny for me because you, you overthink everything. Yeah. <laughs> so no, the way I'm looking at it though is yeah, I think it will break ties for me. I think it you you brought up a good point yeah. with Jackson and Murray, although they're not close to me. Yeah, I guess they are. Look at my rankings now. They are one Jackson's ahead of Murray by one spot in my rankings. Right. Um, but so yeah, if it comes down to that, I, I'm worried. And you talked about you know you can't plan for injuries type of thing, but in a way you kind of can because if you've got a guy who's got who's coming off a knee injury or who just had a serious injury last year or something, you're going to look at him a little bit differently mm -hmm. the following year because you're going to say, well, he's got kind of an injury history now. Jackson not getting the, the vaccine makes him more susceptible to getting having COVID symptoms, I think. Again, don't don't Dr. Fauci me. Don't do anything. like I, I'm not being political here, and I don't want anybody to come at me and throw facts at me. I'm saying, though, that it, it, my little mind 
says that that uh, Jackson is more likely to contract that. And if he does and misses games, I've got to have a damn good option there as a backup. That's what concerns me there. And we don't know who all's been backs and who has been. We have we don't know everyone. We know some people just because of statements they've made, like Beasley, for instance, and Tannehill saying that um, he felt like he was forced to get it. So we know some people have got that, that, that their status right now, but we don't know everybody's. And there could very well be somebody else who I'm not thinking of that I don't know about that I'm going to draft in the league. But when it comes to like a Lamar Jack, I'm with you. I'm not going to overthink it, but it might break ties for me. I'm not going to drop Jackson out of the top 10, but if I've got a choice to him and a couple of people that are very close, I might go, I might look a different direction. I, I guess, uh, again, it, they have to be within the same tier. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's, you know, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're trying to decide between Jackson, Murray, uh, Dak, Russell, I right. get it. I get it. You might want to go a different direction. Maybe. Um, right. But I, I don't think you can, you know, again, I, I find it funny that I'm saying this, but like, don't overthink it because I, right. I'm the king of paralysis by analysis. I've already got enough. The angry golfers right behind us waiting for us to hit her. We're still there. I can't, I just can't add any more factors into my, into my, pile of you know nonsense that's floating in between my in my head. I, Your I can't head is pretty full. Yes. Right. Um okay so I'll tell you that let's talk drafting a little bit because um I am of the belief and I am I, I am steadfast on this. If you draft like early August, you're an idiot. You need to draft as close to the start of the regular season as you possibly can. And the reason I say that is because if you drafted in early August Somebody got Aaron Rodgers in like the 10th round and got a steal. It could turn your entire league season around because somebody took a flyer on Rodgers that early. And so, go ahead. Uh, well, I was in a league uh, that we started drafting. When does free agency start? Is it June? June 2nd? I think yeah. yeah. We started drafting in June. And, it and this took, is like a longer draft, right? Like it, took two, it took two months. We went into yeah, right into the preseason. Right. Uh, but it had to be done before the second week of preseason because the first weekend's a throwaway. Sure. Um, and so we were often done in that first week of August and everybody had about 24 hours to make a pick. Right. Um, there were vacations and so forth. So you, you gave people extended time. And, um, but it was a lot of fun to do that. Now, yeah, you ran into some of those, you know, the unforeseen circumstances where somebody right. you know, gets hurt in the in, in preseason or contract disputes and that sort of thing. Um, but no, no. If 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 you're if the point is to draft the best team possible, it, it is advisable to wait, of course, until after week three of the preseason. If you know, if you can, if you you can know. right? Logistically, I understand it can't happen sometimes, but um, it's the same thing that happened to people. Someone got screwed. People got screwed with the Andrew Luck thing when that happened. Um, I was in a league where we had to put our protected list in. And the night we put the protected list in was the same night Andrew Luck announced his retirement. And the guy, uh, the Temple of Doom, the monarch, he had protected Andrew Luck. And so it was a throwaway player for him. So that, 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 that sucks. And, yeah, if you want to if you want to really have a true measure of who the best teams are, who the best drafters are, who the best GMs are, you've got to wait. Otherwise, you'll get in a situation where someone gets an incredible advantage just by luck. Well, and uh, we'll stick stick with the Colts for a second. You know, Carson Wentz, and all of a sudden now looks like he may be ready to start yeah. the season. And right. two weeks ago, he was looking like maybe it, it could be two to four weeks. 
Same thing with Quentin Nelson, and, and that affects Jonathan Taylor also, and all those yep. weapons that affected everybody. And uh, so, one, <laughs> one year, we'll get into this uh, probably another podcast entirely. But yeah. I'm in a in a uh, in an IDP league. Uh, we, you know about this. We super IDP rounds, full defense. Super full defense. Full defense. Full IDPs. Thirty-seven yeah. rounds. It takes seven hours. It is it is amazing. Uh, on draft day, yeah. um. Someone, someone announces, "Hey, Joey Porter got shot in the ass," and this was like a round after one of our guys had just taken him. It was, I mean, it was the highlight of the day. Everyone just, I mean, right. what player gets shot in the ass? Right. On draft, on alone on draft day, period. But so it, it, that was a highlight for sure. Other strategies to think about and. Don't lock into a like. Don't say you know what I'm going running back, running back to start the draft. You, that's idiotic to do that. You can't do that. You've got to be flexible a little bit, and because you can say I'm going running back, running back, but what if there's an unexpected receiver, tight end, quarterback there that you didn't think would be there, and you're going to say no? If I said running back, I'm taking Eckler or whatever. I'm going to take. I'm taking this guy. I'm not going to take Devonte Adams, who might be the best player based on your scoring system. So. Don't lock into a like position that way. You can certainly have your your rankings, your personal rankings, or however you want to put it together. But you got to be flexible, Adam, don't you? I mean, you got to be able to, to adjust on the fly. So I have a lot of success with sticking to what I know works for the particular leagues that I'm in. No, I get that. Yeah. And so, and because all the owners are about the same, I also know how they pick. Most sure. of the time, right. so it is easy to get into a habit. But no, of course not. If you if you decide you want to join a couple of like random Yahoo leagues just for fun, like you don't know anybody else on on on, right. on the other on the other side of the screen, and so yeah. absolutely you can't just say I'm going to go, you know X Y and Z position, um, and if and if Mahomes is there at twelve, I mean. Right. Right. Of course, you, you know, you, you shouldn't you shouldn't go for the 12th running back. You should take the top quarterback. Um, yes. I am a I am a big believer in value based drafting. Uh, I had a draft the other day that I kept I, I had my backup quarterbacks lined up. I, I knew exactly who I wanted to take. And right. uh, within two or three picks each time, I think this happened four times, that player was taken. And I just went a different direction. So I, I didn't just I, I decided, well, I'm not just going to go chasing after quarterback. I'm going to go. There's there's other value out there now at other positions that I can get while these guys are stacking their teams with with their quarterbacks. And that was a two quarterback league you were in, right? Two quarterback league, yeah. yeah. So you know, I don't like my quarterbacks. I'm not a big fan of it, but right, uh, it is also rare that I have a good wide receiver group. And this year is better than average uh, for me, right? Because I I decided to shift gears several times to go get better receivers instead of, you know, settling, you know, I mean, I didn't think, I didn't think that these guys were worth, you know, after Stafford, after, right. um, oh gosh, who was, um, it happened several times, uh, Burrow, um, right. uh, you know, I, I said, well, I'm not just going to go grab, you know, you're not going to overdraft somebody. Over I mean, listen, yeah. we've already mentioned Tano, like, you know, I, right. um, I like Tannehill a lot, but I wasn't going to take him as early as he was available. Sure. And of course that backfired several times on me, but uh, 
I was able to strengthen other areas instead. And so, I mean, that's, you know, yeah, you're right. That's the balance you have to strike. If your guy's not there, then you don't, don't chase. Right. Yeah. You don't, just because you missed on the guy, don't make a second mistake, you know, and not that you made a mistake, but I'm saying don't, don't all of a sudden try to overcome, like don't, uh, don't double up on your bet you know, at the table just because some guy uh, got, got quads on you. So, right. um, but it's it, like you said, it's important. If you're in a league of people, you know, and I love that. Those are the best leagues. I, I do. I do some of the random Yahoo leagues or ESPN or CBS sports. I do some of the random ones just more for my knowledge. And it's just a, another fun thing to do. But like, there's, there's something about being in a league with people, the same people in person every year, if you can do it, um, where you get to the histories of the leagues, you get to know the people, you know, I, I'm in a full dynasty league. I'm in a, a, a keeper league. We can keep a certain amount of players in the college draft. There's so many formats out there you can be in, but what really makes the league is the people you're with. And if it's friends of yours, guys, you can talk trash to the one league I'm in that's year round. I mean, we're F-bombing each other throughout the year about players that we protected or trade offers we made, all those things. That's when this is the most fun. But know your league mm-hmm. and know your league rules inside and out. If it's a six-point passing touchdown league, that changes things drastically. If the super flex, we can start a quarterback in the flex position, that's a big deal. If it's point uh, PPR, if it's half-point PPR, if it's no PPR, all those things factor into where these players um, are going to fall in your draft where you should target them. But Adam, right. in all the drafts I'm doing this year so far, and I've done quite a few, there's incredible depth at quarterback and wide receiver where you can get – I know you mentioned some, uh, kind of a bad beat for you with the quarterback situation, but if you wait on drafting your quarterback, you can get damn good value. Same thing with receivers. Running backs, they dry up pretty quick, though. Well, right. So, you know, so – so that again, that's that balance, right? I mean, yeah. do you want do you want to get that twelfth running back, or if or if somebody falls to you, you know that's that's the risk. And you all, again, knowing knowing your opponents, knowing your uh, fellow owners, that of right. course helps out. Um. Uh, and so you also don't want to. You hope that they don't know you as well as you know them as well. Like you have to be sure. you have to be willing to be flexible, um, like you said. Um, and so yeah, it, come, it can come back to uh, to bite you. Um, you know, getting into some of the things that have happened already. I mean, people are going to have to adjust on, uh, just on the fly. Uh, we've got, um, you know, ATNs out with the, out for the season. Right. Um, how much do we like Jacksonville? I mean, like, you know, like they're. Look, I love, love Mr. Robinson now. Do you? Don't you? Oh, yeah, I do. I still do. Yeah. I look, I, I, I'm not convinced Jacksonville will be great this year. Obviously, I don't think that they, they might retire Urban Meyer right away. Robinson, though, is going to be a beast this year, I think. I really do. I like Robinson quite a bit. Yeah, I, I just – rookie quarterback, rookie coach, I, I don't know. It's just hard. I mean, I, you know, I know he I know he did have actually fairly successful season um, overall, but there's just teams – like, I want no part of Houston this year. And I'm not I'm not saying that as a blanket statement. Of course, you know, if, if there's a player of, of – how many running backs they have now? I mean, David Johnson had a good season, but they still ushered in, you know, Ingram. Guys, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, we don't know who's going to be the quarterback there. If Deshaun Watson plays, then it changes the landscape of the team, of course. But that's a. You okay. Know. So about Jacksonville, though. Okay. Granted, new coach. Okay. Is Urban Meyer worse than the coaching they had last year? 
Is he? Are you serious? Worse? I'm not sure based on some of the assistants. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay so I'm not sure he's worse. So the coaching situation might be okay this year compared to last year, right? Yeah. And Aaron I mean, Marvin Jones. They feel rejuvenated. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's true. Like they they've and got isn't, some weapons. Isn't Trevor Lawrence better than Gardner Minshew? I know that Minshew was a, a folk hero and all that. I know Lawrence has struggled, but doesn't it make sense though that if if you've got at least as competent of a quarterback? and better receivers, and maybe the same coaching or a little bit less, but whatever, shouldn't shouldn't we give Robinson the benefit of the doubt, though? Listen, starting running backs are, are valued. Um, three, three down running backs are valued. Right. So I'm not – I may not pick him as one of my top two unless I'm in a deep league. Right. Um, but as a, as a flex, mm-hmm. of course. Like, you okay. know, like there, there's, there's certain – Yes, he's going to be, for lack of a better word, the bell cow. I mean, he's certainly going to, he's certainly going, I mean, not 300 carries, but he's certainly going to, uh, without a doubt now with no ETN, he's going to lead lead the team in carries and touches. And so he'll certainly yeah, be Carlos player. Hyde there, but Carlos Hyde's been that he's other good, guy for a long he's time. A good, he, he, right. He's a good compliment. He's sure, fine. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But, but yes. So I'm not saying no. Again, this is where you have to be flexible. I'm not saying no. Um, I'm just saying. Oh my God, you hate James Robinson. Right. I, I'm just. I'm just saying. Use caution. You know, I feel right. the same way about like like the Giants, for example. I'm, I'm down their offensive line. They didn't really do a whole lot to rejuvenate that line. Um, I'm not like you know Galladay on the Galladay on on the Lions. With Stafford is one thing. You put him right. on the Giants with that line and and Barkley, you know, out all year. Uh, Jones, yeah, I mean, he was uh, for a rookie quarterback, not a yeah. fantasy rookie. For a rookie quarterback, he was okay. Sure, he took a lot of hits, man. Like they were pressured. I think it was like thirty percent of his dropbacks. Uh, they they had pressures on him. I mean, that's that's a ton. I, you know, like Galladay for we'll get into that a little bit later. But like that's an example of like. I'm just, I'm downgrading Giants. I'm downgrading Jaguars. I'm downgrading Texans. Like just in, in, as a theme, I'm not saying no. I'm just okay. I'm using caution. Well, okay, well let's let's do that then. Let's talk running backs right now. And I will tell you my first boldest thing that I said about running backs from day one of fantasy football drafts. And maybe it's not bold, but I think Dalvin Cook's a better option than CMC this year. <laughs> I mean, is that bold or not? Can that count as bold? I don't know if it counts as bold. If because you, the second guess will be first. If, if, if you one and two. Right, okay. All right, okay, that's fine. I've got Aaron Jones third. I've got Jones over Kamara. I'm not a big uh, Derrick Henry guy. You know I've always been a guy. Like, I look at the number of touches people have, and all of a sudden I think of Aaron Foster, and I think of Larry Johnson, and guys that got run into the ground, uh, DeMarco Murray, guys that got ran into the ground, because of yep. all Eddie George, to a certain extent, not a lot of guys can. Emmett Smith was able to overcome that. Walter Payton was able to overcome that. Even Earl Campbell for a couple of years. But the you, amount of you are, you, we've had this debate before. You're the uh, the 300 carry guy, right? It, it's even more than that now. It's it's looking at it's looking at touches, including receptions, and looking at playoff games. So I'm playoff, right? So he had he had something like uh, 400, he, he had 400 touches last year, regular season. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. And the year before that, it was 325, 320, 330, something like that. 
and I might get burned by doing this. I might get burned by passing on Derrick Henry and taking Aaron Jones over him. I might that might come back and bite me. But those would, guys are in the same tier. I don't think you could get burned by that. No, I mean, but I don't know if anybody else taking Aaron Jones standing, over Henry. What's that? I don't know if anybody else is taking Aaron Jones over Henry. No, but again, they're in the same family of running backs. They're in that. Mm -hmm. They're in that. You know, like you know. Uh, it's 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 Zeke, it's Jones, it's Kamara, it's those uh, yeah, are all, they're all in that same group. So I don't think you get burned unless there's an injury, that's, right? You know, and that's that, that's like I'm almost banking on Henry, but I'm banking on Henry slowing down. And I'm even go Max Keller here by saying he's gonna fall off a cliff. He's not gonna go. I'm just I'm worried that it'll either be this year or next year that Henry has a big huge setback. I don't think. And here's here's why Henry is is so valuable is because you, you know, you know, he's going to get at least one carry inside the five, most likely two. Um, and so his touchdowns are what will keep him relevant. He may, yes, his yards per carry may drop. He may right. not get 1500 yards. You know, he may dip down into that 12, 13 range. Um, but I mean, he, he's your goal line guy. Like there's nobody else. I mean, yes, they got Julio Jones. They got, they, they, the better weapons around him, but inside the five, like that guy is. You know, he's got the most carries near inside the, inside the five the last two years in the NFL. Um, I'm going to go, I guess it's, it's Henry. It's Dalvin cook. <laughs> there you go. See? Now I, I threw some knowledge at you there. Uh, yeah. But the, the, what I like about a guy like Jones or Camara or Zeke Elliott, I've got all those guys ranked above Henry right now, okay? What I like about those guys is if Derrick Henry has 13 carries for 20 yards, Derrick Henry ends up with 13 carries for 20 yards. If Kamara has 13 carries for 20 yards, he also may have seven catches for 65. And that's why I'm putting those guys above him. That's fine, but Henry also may have two touchdowns. He may. That's what, it, I, it, it, but you don't, you're not worried as much about the touch as I am, obviously, right? Not after only two years. I get okay. it. Once you get into that third and fourth year, right? Okay, you know we're 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 getting into danger territory. I mean, well, we've seen him. You know, like Le'Veon Bell. Like, where's he? You know, I mean, that's right. At one point, he was a, considered a top three yeah. draft draft uh, prospect, and now, yeah. I mean, and, and, and Tomlin, you know, ran him into the ground. Now, so give me or, 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 could it, or, or could have just been his going to the Jets. What killed him? Too, that, too, right, right. Another bad coaching situation. Um, so, so. Further down the list, yes. Uh, name you threw a little knowledge at me. Name a backup running back, a backup running back that has okay. over 700 yards three years in a row. A backup running back with over 700 yards three years in a row. Mm -hmm. God, I don't know if I can answer that one or not. Um, eh, too late. It's Gus Edwards. He gets a lot of touches of the ball. Well, you're right. Yep. Uh, and now Ingram's out of the picture. Right. Now, he didn't have a ton of carries. It was like 72 for 299, I think, uh, 300, sure. somewhere like that. So I, I love that Dobbins-Edwards duo. Um, this is – I'm not predicting this, but in theory, in that in that AFC North, you could have six running backs with 1,000 yards. Seven. Uh, the, the Browns have – well, yeah. Six. You Chubb and – You got Chubb and Hunt. Right. You got uh, Dobbins and Edwards. Right. Uh, you got Najee Mixon. Harris. And you got Mixon. That's six, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, th this that whole division is has transformed. You know, you have these three young rookie quarterbacks, 
but it's still this, you know, ground and pound type of division. I, you know, you're, you're about that, by the way. Trying to get back to the run. The Ravens, I mean, had a uh uh three thousand over three thousand yards rushing as a team last year. So yeah, well, you know, Lamar Jackson's gonna take a few of those touchdowns out of out of their hands. Right. But the Dobbins Edwards duo, like Edwards is is a flex play almost every week now. You you put him in a, in a ten team league, you think he's a flex play every week, almost every week. It, I mean, it, again, it depends on where your team is. If you go quarterback early, you like top flight wide receivers. You know, I, I don't think you know Edwards is a mid late round or a running back. Like most people would draft him as a as a handcuff, but he's not a handcuff. I mean, like again, seven hundred yards three years in a row, and that was even last year with uh, Ingram. Okay, like Edwards yeah, or Hunt. You, you got a choice, Edwards or Hunt. Which one do you want? Edwards or I'm sorry. Edwards or Kareem Hunt, who do you want? Hunt is more explosive. Right. Uh, so I'm probably gonna go, I'm probably gonna go Hunt. Okay. Um, and 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 Hunt, of course, is certainly flying off the draft boards higher sure. yes. than Edwards. But that's again, we talk about value-based drafting. That's what I like about um Edwards is that he's you can get him, you you can stock up on better receivers, right? And still get Edwards, which isn't that much of a drop off. Um, I'm looking here. Um, Hunt's going about 25th uh, for running backs. Okay. Edwards 40th. Yeah, Edwards I mean, better value than that. In that scenario, I'm sorry, Edwards sorry, is better sorry. Value. Uh, yeah. I mean, Edwards that's is better value there. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, he should. You know, he's Edwards is could be a better value than. You know James Conner or uh, or AJ Dillon, who may not. I mean, I, I know people are high on AJ Dillon, but as a handcuff, like I'm not. You know, I like Jones. You know, AJ Dillon is, it might steal some end zone carries. He's a, he's a big guy, but like I mean, get, but Gus Edwards is going to get touches every week. Um, as an aside, Adam, can we? Is there any way we can petition the NFL? I know when they went back to the North, South, East, and West divisions, and everyone, you know, it's got to be all. Perfect and everything. Can't we just call it the AFC Central and NFC Central again? Can't we go back to doing that? Well, well while we're at it, let's bring back the Oilers. Okay, I'm just saying, but why can't you just change like, the division thing? Is so stupid to me. Let's. We know that's the NFC Central with the Lions, Packers, Bears, Vikings. We know that. We know the AFC Central is Pittsburgh and Cleveland, Cincinnati, and the new Cleveland and Baltimore. What I'm saying, we know that's what it is, though. Well, when we when we start our old man complaining podcast, Get off my lawn, we'll, yes, we'll discuss, yeah, way, we'll, we'll discuss that. Up with kids driving so fast these days, you know, it really um, grinds my gears. <laughs> okay, there was a, a trade in the NFL today, which rarely happens this late in preseason, especially with a former first round pick, Sonny Michelle from the Patriots goes to the Rams for some conditional picks. They've actually had to rework the trade now. The NFL said it was illegal. Still happening, right? The Rams, we know, lost Cam Akers. Gave the job to Henderson, did not bring in anybody else. Like, no, there was all these veterans. Peterson's out there. The aforementioned Le'Veon Bell's out there. Todd Gurley's out there. All these different options are out there. The Rams said, we're rolling with what we got. Our, my team is on the floor. Now Henderson's hurt. They make the trade for Michelle. I I, I wonder what kind of role Michelle's going to have. Is, is he going to be a lead back? Is he going to split carries? Is he a third down back? What do you think? Do you, do you put any stock into anything coaches say, because McVay did say no. that Henderson's going to have a very big role and it's not going to change. The thumb injury is pretty minor. Um, so I'm not sure if it was a, we need, we need better depth. Right. I'm not sure if it's going to be a one, a one B situation. Listen, you, 
Sonny Michelle clearly is is uh, a, a talent. Uh, he said flashes. Yeah, there was two conditional picks, so it's not like they they traded you know um, draft well, like, for him. It was like a, a five and a six is what it was. That yeah. turned into a four, but yeah, so it's really not much. So. I mean, I, I know I know McVeigh's job is to not show his hand, but right. he at least you know at least publicly he's saying it's not going to change Henderson's role very much. Um, I don't buy it, but I don't think Henderson is again like it's not like Buffalo, <laughs> like no. you know you know the, the both of these guys are still going to be viable players. Um, you know, whereas like Buffalo is like the new New England, right? They've got. Uh, Zach uh, Moss, Moss yeah. and 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 um, 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 Singleton. No, I was thinking of the other one, uh, the, the 49er, oh. uh, Bre- Bre- Matt Breida, um, Breida, yeah, yeah. Um, and all three of those guys are very capable, but that creates a very that creates a, a, a fantasy uh, conundrum, like you know, which one do you go with? Uh, I, I think the Rams, uh, you know, two running backs is. Well, we just talked about it. I mean, we just talked about the the Ravens, right? It you can still have two viable fantasy options, uh, and I, and I don't see how this would be much different. I don't, they're not as explosive as the Ravens' running attack is. Sure, um, and they're also got, they're gonna they're not gonna run as much as the Ravens run. Well, exactly, but they're again they are still viable fantasy options. Both of them are. I, uh, I'm not sure. Of course, this downgrades Henderson. Of course, it does, um, and it actually might. Uh, you might bring Michelle up a bit because in New England, you know, <laughs> as we all know, New England, you don't know which if, if he's going to get 25 carries or five. Well, let's talk about that then. Damian Harris now. It's his job. He, he is the number one back, right? As far as he's as number one as New England backs under Belichick can be. Yes. I think so, too. Uh, but that uh, – well, uh, well, but Ramonde Stevenson is – Right is is getting a lot of hype now, and right there, you can lead your team in preseason rushing and have it not mean anything. Sure, but uh, hell, you have a two hundred yard game for the Patriots and then show up late for practice, and it means you're gone. That Jonas Gray screwed me for the rest of that year, man. I kept plugging him in for like two weeks after that. (laughs) Game time Uh, decision, might play. How do you you bench a guy after he runs for two hundred yards? It, it still wins Super Bowls because you're Belichick, you know? Right. Okay, but so we need Harrison. I don't, like, right on, on I don't think I will get Harris in any leagues because I'm not going to pay the legit price he is. Like, David Harris right now, I think that he is a legit number one back, but I am so scared to death from being burned by Bill Belichick that I probably won't be able to take him because I will not pay the fair asking price, the fair value of Damian Harris in drafts. Right. I mean, that's fair. And and nor should you. Again, that's that's a value based decision. If if you come down and guys like um, like Chase Edmonds or, you know, uh, um, Melvin Gordon. I mean, I know there might be some some I feel like some, play, some playing time issues there. But like these are guys that you like, you know, Gordon's going to get the, the, the red zone carries, um, it, you know, Kareem Hunt, Mike Davis in Atlanta, who I'm actually down on. But it's a better option. Because you know he's going to get more carries than uh, than the guys in um, <laughs> who we were just talking about, not the Patriots. 
The other team. Bill, Baltimore, the Rams. The Rams, right. Okay. You know Mike Davis is probably, you know, he's going to be the lead guy in Atlanta. Right. I'm not high on him, but I'm taking him uh, potentially over uh, uh, Sonny Michel. All right, so let me uh, – Or Henderson. We're going to go on to quarterback, so I'm going to give you three options here. I'm going to give you three head-to-head things, and we're both going to make our picks. It, when it comes to your draft, uh, would you take a Damian Harris or DeAndre Swift? Swift. He's injured a little bit. They've got – okay, you'll take Swift. I, I would pause on that. I think he, – he, Swift has the opportunity to be the everyman on that team. He, he could be – he could – I mean, I – he could lead the, the the team in receptions potentially. Uh, if um, uh, Lynn, the offensive coordinator, former Chargers yeah, coach, yeah, yeah. Uh, coming, over, Lynn, yeah. coming over from the Chargers, running backs had eighty three. Exactly. I'm yep. sorry, the top two running backs had eighty three, yeah. one hundred and thirty four, and eighty nine receptions over the last three years. Swift is that guy. Um, I know Jamal Williams is there; he's a good compliment. Yeah. So Swift doesn't have to get thirty touches a game to be effective, right. but he could get. Uh, you know, 13, 18 carries and still catch five to 10 passes every game. Uh, yes, there's the injury history, but Swift is that guy. I think he takes that. Plus, I'm not impressed uh, with Detroit's weapons. They don't have Gallaudet anymore. They don't have Marvin Jones anymore. They don't have Stafford no. anymore. Goff is. Uh, Perryman, they've got, yeah, they, they don't have much there. Yes. But, right. Uh, Swift has the chance to be a top 10 running back. They don't have any weapons. They've got poor weapons and a mediocre quarterback. So wouldn't that hurt Swift's value to you? Not certain games. Yeah. Maybe it's a, you know, uh, but I'm not going to bench him over two guys uh, who could potentially be splitting carries. All right. Let me give you two more. Uh, uh, Damien Harris or Miles Gaskin. Are you trying to just get me to say Harris so you can draft him? Is that is no, this- no, no, no? Because I, I know, listen, I, I think I would take Harris over Swift, but you make a compelling argument. But I'm asking you now, Damian Harris or Miles Gaskin from Miami? So he has more health issues too. I mean, that's another guy that's got some injury issues, and Miami also doesn't have a lot of support uh, down there. I mean, I'm not. Well, they've got. Well, I mean, they got great. No, the receivers are great. The receivers are fine. Great, Will Fuller, great. Well, Fuller suspended for a game. You got Devontae Parker down there. But he's uh, not great. Okay. But I'm saying as a, as a whole, though, I, I like Miami's receivers quite a bit. I do like them quite a bit. Okay. Um, but but I, are, look, in but that case, you, I would still take Damian Harris. We're bouncing around all over the place because I want to talk about quarterbacks I don't like. And, and two There's is quarterbacks next. But I said three, and I don't want to lie. Last one. Damian Harris, Josh Jacobs. <laughs> what is his fascination with Damian Harris? I just want to get your. I want to get some perspective on this because look, I am very high on Damian Harris, and you are not. And now I'm questioning myself a little bit. So I just want to know, Damian Harris or Josh Jacobs for you? Jacobs is another because uh, uh, um, uh, Kenyon Drake went over to. Yeah, to Drake, they paid Kenyon Drake more than Vegas. a lot of starting running backs make. Drake's making more than a lot of starting running backs this year. I know. Uh, Jacobs is the better talent, I think. Um, but then why would they go out and pay that money for Drake? That's what I don't get. There's got to be something else there. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I just might punt on that. I might just not draft any. If if those are my choices, you'll just again. take Burrow. <laughs> All, right. All right, All right, let's go to quarterbacks then. Let's move over to quarterbacks now because I, I know we're talking way too much about Damian Harris, and that well, now that's why you mentioned Burrow. Uh, yeah. You know, the Bengals added. Uh, so the offensive line's an issue. That's that's they didn't sure. do they didn't do hardly anything. Uh, they added um, the Jackson well, Carmen, the kid from Clemson, right? So the Jamar Chase. 
Yep. To pair with uh, Higgins and Boyd. Which is nice. And, a nice trio. And, and Mixon, Mixon's healthy. I love Mixon this year. Uh, Burrow was, I mean, he only had, a, it was, um, oh gosh, it, it was six of the 10 games that he played. Yeah. Uh, he had a passer rating of 90 or above. Uh, and, the, and the ones that he had poor showings against, it was his first game ever. Right. In the NFL against the Chargers, uh, Ravens, Steelers, and Washington. I mean, you, you know, those are those are all, those are all forgivable. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. He did well against the teams he was supposed to do well against. Uh, assuming health, assuming Mixon uh, can can relieve some of that pressure off, and he's got this. You know, Jamar Chase is uh, yeah. uh, uh, a really good, a really good looking prospect. Yeah, I, I I like Burrow. I like him as a you know like. If you wait on quarterbacks, yes, then you could draft a couple like like again. So Stafford's one that I think we both like. Oh my um, God, Stafford! I like no, I like like Stafford. <laughs> no, okay. I've been waiting and getting him, dude. I've got Stafford ranked sixth this year among quarterbacks. Okay, I've got him ahead of Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Justin Herbert, Tom Brady. I've got him ahead of those guys. That's, that's, first that's, chance. that's aggressive. I have him. I have him in that like eight nine range. Okay, well, I've got him, I've got him um, six. Uh, and I and I've got, um, I got Burrow really almost like right behind him. You know, uh, the, there's there's too much hype out there for like Hertz. Right. Um, I'm not a big Hertz guy. Yeah, I, you know, I just it's hard to trust two guys. Like I go with uh, him and, and Tua essentially. Big uh, rookie quarterbacks last year that are getting a ton of hype this year, uh, but their their ratings and 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 QBRs yeah. were just dreadful. I mean, they didn't rank anywhere near even top twenty, right? And I, those off the Eagles' offensive line is poor, right? Uh, which we we get into Carson Wentz here in a second because uh, you know he led the league in interceptions and and just was was horrific, um, right? I don't see – yes, they have the legs. They, they they can bail you out with touchdown runs, of course. Um, but I'm not – you know, I, I would rather have a, a a bland Kirk Cousins who I know can get me 250 and two. Yes. Than bank on a rushing touchdown um, and hope that he can throw over 150 and more than one touchdown. I, I just – it's right. hard for me, you know. So yeah, so like Stafford on this new offense, uh, you know, uh, well above those those guys who are getting a lot of hype, uh, mm-hmm. and Burrow and Burrow too. I, I I like. I'm not gonna. I hope Burrow's not my number one starter unless I'm I'm waiting on quarterbacks. Yes, I'm with you on that. Yeah, I I think that um, uh, Burrow. Look, I don't want to see. I I don't want Burrow's number one either. I don't. Um, Hertz is the same guy that, that that in my mind, like I will not pay what his asking price is. I, right. Even if it's fair, even if it's fair, I don't, he's getting over he's getting hype right now, in my opinion. But I would not pay what I would not use a pick on him. I would need to use. I would not spend the money required in an auction to get Hertz because I just I, I'm not a believer in him yet. I just really I I don't see it yet. And I, he's like in that that you know even if Taysom Hill got the job in New Orleans, I feel the same way about him. You know, but with Stafford, we I've got him ranked so highly because 
you look at the inept coaching he came from also, how well he did there. Now he goes to McVay, who's got this incredible offensive mind. He's got better weapons than he's had collectively. Now, Grant, I know he had Calvin Johnson. I know he had um, – I was a Kenny Galladay this past year. But it's – this is the best set of weapons he's had. Mm-hmm. And the way that Sean McVay coaches, the Rams are going to run more plays than the Lions did. Just the and, oh, by the way, now he's got Sonny Michelle. And he's got Sonny Michelle, right, exactly. So um, I wish he had Damian Harris because clearly I like him more. But that's Sonny Michelle. you got the crush on Harris. Right. Okay, so – but that's why I think Stafford this year. I'm just I am all in on Rams. I'm all in on Robert Woods. Give me all the shares. I'll take Cooper Cup. You know, I'll take all the Rams. Bring them to me. I'm more than happy to take them. I love Robert Woods. And I would take him over um you know, guys like like Amari Cooper, you know, who's going the opposite direction of someone like I think Woods all day. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah, like uh Terry McLaurin, uh the Redskins, a downfield threat. Fitzpatrick uh, love who? going downfield. Like, yeah. Uh, Who's uh, like elevating. What's that? Who's McLaurin play for? Washington. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Just make sure I heard that correctly. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I'm with that too. I, I I agree with you. Yes. Robert Woods, I love, love, love. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey. A couple other guys down uh, on your radar. A little down, yeah. further down the list. What position are we going with still? Quarterback or receiver? Yeah, stick, with, stick with receiver. Okay, we'll stick with receivers. Okay. Um, I, I I like – I'm still high on Adam Thielen, even though I know he's the clear number two guy there. In a PPR, like, hey, Thielen's still going to get a lot of love. I've got him ranked – I mean, I, I think that um, – I'm taking him over Deontay Johnson in Pittsburgh. You? Uh, um. Those guys are like right next to each other. I mean, I've got, um, I've got to other also. I Deontay Johnson was a target machine. Yes, I know. He, I know he had like two or three weeks where he had the drops, um, but he was in, in the games that he started. He, he led the league in targets. Yeah, uh, I mean, it was by by uh, just a, a a ton, and that was still with Juju. That's still with um, uh, Claypool, uh, yeah. Ebron. Uh, now, those numbers, all those numbers may come down with Najee Harris on the team. Sure. Uh, but not a significant amount. I mean, I think Deontay Johnson still leads the team in targets. And I think that – I don't think – again, this is like this is like saying uh, earlier when you said you would take Jones over um, whoever you said. Right. Uh, I, I was listening. I swear. I swear. It sounds like you were listening to me, but I, right. I don't really believe you were. Uh, but it, you're you're talking about you're talking, you're talking about, about which Jones are you talking about? You're talking about the same tier of receivers. Gotcha. Yeah. But you're, you're not going to get burned if you take Thielen over Johnson. Um, that said, I take Johnson. <laughs> okay. Would you take? Okay. Let me. Somebody also target monster down the stretch last year. Like target monster down the stretch last year. Antonio Brown in Tampa Bay. You've he's got he, he's gonna screw something up. I mean it's just well he didn't last year. Uh, yeah, you know, okay. Bra- so I mean, I, bravo, like I mean, you know, he he behaved himself for two months. Yeah, but so Brady likes him though, and Brady trusts him, 
obviously Brady wanted him in New England and then wanted him in Tampa. He, you know, Brady lobbied to get him and he used him when Brown was in there. When Brown came on board, I, I believe he had more targets than anybody else on that team. That can't continue, can it? When you've got Evans, you know, I, it, it can't keep going in that direction, can it? Uh, so, yes and no. Um, I, so Mike Evans, I'm I'm down on, and that this is a guy. So like Mike Evans is a guy who he's getting taken around like tenth, eleventh in drafts. Right. Yeah. Uh, you, you're setting yourself up. He, no, uh, that's overall, right? I'm sorry. You're not yeah, receivers, receivers. receivers. Yeah, receivers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, his targets keep going down. And I know he had 13 touchdowns last year, which was it was a, it was a target to touchdown ratio of eight to one, right? Which is fantastic, but sure. hardly sustainable for his career. It's 15 to one, right? So, you know, his there's no way you get top 10 production out of Evans this year. He, you can't duplicate that ratio. That, that's absurd to me. So, like like McLaurin and Robert Woods, like I've got the, those guys we just mentioned higher than someone like Mike Evans, and you know, with with Brady spreading the ball around that he, that he likes to do and right. he likes to use tight ends traditionally. Um, I don't really, I'm not investing in Brown or Evans really. I mean, you know, Godwin's I think has got the highest upside of those three. Do you know what the biggest threat I think to their numbers, those three guys specifically this year is uh, they picked up Gio Bernard and Brady loves throwing to the running backs. Yeah, that, that's like that's like the Rex Burkhead. Like Bernard's going to be like the Burkhead of that team, isn't he? Yeah, but well, he's going to be the James White of that team. Look, same, look, same look. thing. Those those are the two <clears> same <throat> guys. I don't care. They have different names. Those are the exact <laughs> same guys. Fournette and Ronald Jones could not catch passes consistently out of backfield last year, and you could tell oh. it frustrated Brady. And, and, but so, Fournette, and Fournette used to do that. Used to do well. yeah. Right, and so I think Bernard is a guy. How's that, could, How's that possible? Uh, you you catch a ton of passes for Jacksonville, with right? Quarterbacks like uh, God, what was the guy's name that, that went to the took him to the playoffs? It was absurd. Oh, it was a uh, Bortles, oh. Blake Bortles. <laughs> right. You, you, right, you catch all these passes with Blake Bortles as your quarterback. Right. You get Tom Brady. Uh, I don't oh, know what yeah, I'm doing. I can't do it. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I don't get it either. But that's uh, why yeah. Bernard, though, by the way, could be a steal also in PPR formats late, 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 late in drafts. Sure, I, I'm not targeting Antonio Brown either, but. I think that it's it'll be interesting to see how that target share breaks up because now that Brady's got a full camp with these guys, they've added Bernard, mm-hmm. they brought everybody back, which no Super Bowl winner has ever done, bringing back their entire starting lineup on both sides of the ball. And I'm curious how it will shake up there. I'll tell you one more guy I like quite a bit because I do love Dallas's offense this year, and I do love Dak. Michael Gallup is about as good of a number three receiver you're going to find outside of like the Tampa one, maybe Cincinnati. But Gallup, though, is someone who can be a, a, a real stash guy uh, that can get some good numbers for you on a bye week. Yeah, and I don't think he's going – you're not going to be able to sneak draft him. You know, you're not going to be able to wait till like 15th, 16th round, that kind of thing. Like you're going to have to get him mm-hmm. a little earlier than you might. You might have to pay for him. Yeah, yeah. You might have you know to. What I mean? Yeah. So – and listen, I'm I'm not entirely convinced that Cooper is going to see as much uh, as many snaps as he has the last couple of years. I think you might that would be the natural sub, you know, give him a breather and Gallup comes in a little bit more. I I, I agree that that offense, assuming no injuries, 
that offense yeah. is, is, is as good as any. Um, nah, that, that was a hyperbole. I don't like when broadcasters say, like, this guy's as good as anyone out in the league. That can't be true. See, right? so my thing is, though, like, he's as good as the Joneses, the McLaurins, you know, the Adamses, the Diggses. Like, you know, there's only one Diggs. There's one McLaurin. There's only one. Yeah. Right. Uh, or, 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 or they'll say something like, uh, uh, he, he practices as hard as anyone in the league. Well, <laughs> no, he doesn't. Someone, how many players in the league? Uh, 500. Somebody, somebody somewhere is the worst practice, uh, uh, has the worst practice habits in the league. Right, yeah. Yeah. George Carlin had a line. He said, uh, it's Jamarcus Russell, but go ahead. <laughs> right. Uh, well, now you've ruined the, the, the thanks for interrupting my joke. George Carlin. No, no, had a line. Sure got the, after the joke would be as funny. You don't even remember the joke, though, he do said, you? He was like, can you imagine somewhere out there is the worst doctor? I mean, <laughs> right? Like, and that was it. That was the end of the thought. And then he moved on to his next joke. I didn't ruin the joke. Your joke still stood up. Yeah, it's fine. Or maybe Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott. <laughs> Dirk Store is the joke, by the way. Right. Dak Prescott was on pace for like seven thousand yards passing last year when he got hurt. I know when he got seven thousand. It's fine. But I'm just saying that Dallas offense. So if if he's healthy, and we don't know if he is, and the offensive line's back, and Zeke is weighs as much as a freshman in college, wouldn't you and I both love to have that same thing going on? And then, uh, and don't say you do. And but with all those offensive weapons out there. It just—I love Gallup that way. Yeah. Uh, um, lower, lower down the radar. I like uh, Brandon Ayuk. Um, yep. He had a—it was like a sixty for seven fifty and five last year through just right. twelve games, and those were guys with uh, uh, Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard and 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 Garoppolo. Right. Yeah. Game. Right. He was doing it with with really subpar quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm not sure if it matters who throws assuming you know um Trey Lance or Garoppolo whether, whether it's Lance or Garoppolo I don't think it matters okay. uh you know he was on pace for 80 and 1007 last season and that was right. his rookie campaign and it was a really he had a really good six game stretch in there um and he didn't miss four games because of injury it was for COVID protocols so he was essentially healthy it, it um I think it was contact tracing is why he missed uh, right. those those games uh I love that potential uh, for him this season, no matter who's under center, and uh, a guy like uh, McCall Hardman for Kansas City. Now that yeah. Sammy Sammy Watkins is 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 out of the picture, he's a bold Sammy Watkins reminded me of like a like an older Anquan Bolden. Like the guy would just get like these ten yard receptions, forty or forty five a season. You couldn't get rid of the guy, uh, and now you know Hardman. I think gets a gets a chance to elevate his game a little bit now, um, and you get the occasional uh, punt return. Uh, kickoff return yardage if you have that in your in your league. So I like him as Anquan Bolden. I like him as Kansas City's third option. On behalf of Anquan Bolden, go to hell. Don't ever compare Sammy Watkins to Anquan Bolden. Look at look at look at their last five years. I'm not looking last I'm just talking about in my mind, my 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 version of Anquan Bolden is so much better than Sammy Watkins. Anquan Bolden was a better receiver than Sammy Watkins, for sure. But each in the last five years, their targets went down, their yards per catch went down, uh, and they kind of overstayed their welcome a little bit. And so uh, I think Hardman's finally now, he's got that that window to elevate his game. There's no way in hell we'll get the defenses tonight, and we will never have time to get the kickers. But let's right, wrap Mike, up. Way, Mike Williams and the Chargers is the AFC's yeah. version of uh, Valdez Scantling from the Packers. Agree? No, he's better than that. I love Mike Williams. I think he's a lot better than that. Love, love? Like, no, I, not love, love, but I, I, 
I mean, I like him a lot. I like him a lot more than Valdez Cantling. Yeah, I do. I just, I, oh, I do. Yes, he is the, the AFC's version of that, like deep threat, 20 yards of catch in a game type of guy. Uh, if you need a home run, Mike Williams is, is the guy you want to draft. I think Mike Williams is a rich man's Anquan Bolton. Um, going to tight ends now. Right, real, quick, real quick. So, all right, tight ends, perfect. Uh, Travis Kelsey is the only player the last three years with 1,200 yards receiving in the league. Right. At what point do you consider him? I mean, you know, he's the, the best player at his position. By far. Well, not by far. But yes. Where do you do you, do you do you start taking him above? Where's the line? Okay, is, it, so, is, it, is, it, is it the is it the 10th best receiver? Is it the 15th best receiver? Where do you value Kelsey? Is it is it earlier? No, I, I think I think Kelsey's probably the the second or the second or third best receiver. I really do. I, I think he's that. But the problem with Kelsey is that he's another guy I probably won't pay the price I have to have to get him. So I'll never get like I'm not going to because we talk about you know how the running back depth is not there. You know, it's like you got to get somebody there right. and. At tight end, I think that after you go by Kelsey, Waller, I have Hawkinson next, then Kittle, and then maybe Andrews. Everyone after that, I think you can throw them together. You might get the, the 10th tight end drafted. might be as good as the 6th best tight end drafted, which I don't think you'll see at running back. So I've been finding myself waiting on tight ends and getting T.J. Hawkinson quite a bit. Not a knock on Kelsey. Kelsey may end up being – if you could take Kelsey and put him – if you're like picking 12th in 12-team league, and Kelsey's there, maybe you take him and take the very next best running back. On principle, I'd probably take the running back first just to tell people, hey, I never take tight ends first in the first <laughs> round. You know, for salary slot reasons, whatever. But I could see you doing Kelsey at that point, but I have a hard time spending a, a first-round pick on Kelsey. Again, depending on what the board, how the board plays out. But if the board plays out with chalk, I still think I'd take Kelsey number in the first round. Do you? I uh... – uh, in the draft I was recently in, I took uh, Antonio Gibson and Joe Mixon yeah, with the back-to-back -back 16 and 17, I think it was. Right. Uh, Kelsey on the board still? Uh, I don't remember. Okay. But but to, to your point, uh, they said, okay, Mixon and, and, and Gibson. I was like, no, 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 no. Reverse that. I'm not taking a, I'm not taking a Mixon in the second round. <laughs> I want that to look like a better value pick. Right. Yes, yes, yes. That was that 18 league year, which, by the way, is a fantastic league. But – uh, the one we won yeah. three years in a row. Uh, yeah, so that's why he was 16, 17. So people don't think he was lying. It literally was. He was the first pick of the draft, 16 and 17. Um, yeah. I wasn't invited to be there. But so Kelsey is we're, we're like, would you take him in a 12-team league? Could you see yourself grabbing him in the first round if you're at the bottom end of that? If, if guys like – no. Uh, and that's just because of the value I can get elsewhere you know like there there are there are they're not equal equally valuable tight ends but there are right. still good options there and there's still you know like Diggs and hill and adams and like right you know you're not taking kelsey over those guys unless those guys are gone and those guys they're won't be gone on, yeah. those guys yeah. won't be gone at 12 right you're right uh so that that's why I guess that's why I was asking like how early do you how early do you go tight end because there's a lot of tight ends down the board, uh, you know I'm a big fan of Logan Thomas now I know that yeah. I know that Fitz, Fitzpatrick is a downfield thrower and right. he usually doesn't favor tight ends, but Thomas can get downfield, 
he can move. He's got a motor, and I like yeah. I like his downfield game paired with Fitzpatrick. I think Logan Thomas is one of my like sleeper tight ends. Uh, I like guys like Higby. Um, you know, after the five that you mentioned, you know, like Irv Smith's got some potential. Um, yep, sure does. Uh, I, I, I'm not a fan of rookie tight ends, however. Uh, like Kyle Pitts is getting a lot of love. He's getting picked, like he's yeah. being ranked in the, in the, in the six, seven, eight. Yeah, totally. Uh, I've, I saw this interesting graphic. Um, it's a top 30 rookie tight ends since 2000. Okay. Uh, some of the names are really funny on here, but like, so Evan Ingram, it was the second best rookie tight top end. producing or top, top producing tight ends or top, like as far as where they were drafted, like uh, based on their rookie numbers or based rookie, rookie numbers translating into fantasy points. Okay. Yep. Um, and so, you know, Gronkowski was there with the 10 touchdown season that he had. Sure. Um, Evan Ingram was two. Uh, he had a really okay. good campaign with the giants. Right. And Jeremy Shockey from 2002. There's a name uh, was three. Right. Some of these, so that all makes sense. But like, but how often do rookie tight ends really make an impact? I know in their, it, in their first year. It doesn't seem like it happens. No, a lot of these numbers are kind of pedestrian. So like, like, uh, like Heath Miller was went 39, 459, and six. I mean, and that's fine for a rookie for in the NFL, but for fantasy wise, like that's not. And, and Heath Miller was like the eighth best on that list. Uh, there's guys like uh, Randy McMichael who turned out to be a good tight end for a while. Look but at Hawkinson. Rookie... What's that? Look at TJ Hawkinson. Hawkinson came in and had all his high expectations and he did not perform well. Now he's great now. I love how he's a top five tight end for me now. I love Hawkinson now, yeah. but I'm just saying that back he's then. He's not even on the list. Uh, yeah. I mean, he, so... did not, he did not have a great rookie year. He's a great talent. Yeah. <laughs> Bubba Franks. He's on the list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's some good, yeah. there's some good fun names, but the point point being, like, there's very few tight ends that come in and make an immediate impact, and right. that team in Atlanta, like, they're banking a lot on him, man. Like, you know, Matt Ryan's a statue back there. He lost his 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 best target ever. I, I listen. I, I really like Calvin Ridley. I like him a lot, but now yeah. he's going to have to face the double coverage. But he did uh, last year too, though. He did. Who missed one of Conway? Right. Yeah, Jones. Jones missed some games, and 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 Ridley I mean, regardless of the pigeon shit on the statue's shoulders, he still got the ball to Calvin Ridley. Yeah, but you know, but like again, like their running game's not good. I mean, Mike Davis, I I, I, I like him, but listen, I, 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 I know year. I know Gurley was really the problem with with that team because uh, it was Ito right. Ito Smith and who's the other guy? Um, uh, the other backup. They both averaged over four yards per carry behind uh-huh. Gurley. And Gurley, for right. some reason, still got almost 200 carries. Right. Um, so I think Mike Davis can do okay there. But, like, he's not he's not enough for someone like Kyle Pitts to succeed. It's just no, – I, I, Look, I'm with you. I, I share the same sentiment you that I don't think – I think Pitts is being overdrafted. I okay. absolutely believe that. I'm not, I'm not ready to say that – look, I think Ridley's going to be great number one. I think Ryan's going to have a very good year. I think they're going to be throwing the ball a lot, so they'll be behind. I think their running game was awful last year, too. So I, I do believe the running game is better this year. I think they've improved their running game this year, and they've got a new head coach in there. So um, I, I think they'll be just fine offensively. Their defense is what I'm worried about, but I think they're going to be behind a lot. So, um, you know, but I'm not going to jump on the – I will not pay the price for Kyle Pitts. I would much rather wait and get some of these guys we just talked about. 
Yeah, totally agree. Uh, another one who I, I was, I, I benefit from this. Uh, well, all right. The position's given away. We talked about Mike Evans earlier and, and right. his ridiculous targets and touchdown ratio. Right. What tight end had that beat in, uh, by a lot? I don't know. Robert Tunyon. Oh yeah. He could 11 touchdowns last year. Yeah. <laughs> he was a five, five to one targets and touchdown ratio. It's, obs- it's obscene. <laughs> Okay. And it was and it was awesome. Like I had him, I picked him up as a free agent. It was super fun. But is that I mean that's you're banking a lot on red zone production from him. He catches six touchdown passes this year. Okay. Yeah, He's not like, one. There's a way he gets six. Half and half. I mean, right. Yeah. Like you can't those numbers just aren't they, they don't hold. No. Um and but give me Logan Thomas, give me Higby over him, uh, give me Blake Jarwin over him. I'll take all those guys over him. Wow, okay. Um even like, you know. I mean, the, I'm not I'm not running out to go get Eagles tight ends, but like Dallas Goddard might be a better consistent option um, than Tunyon. I, I take, at that Tunyon. point, I'd probably take Tunyon just because of more opportunities. Right. But you're 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 setting yourself up for disappointment if you draft him in that middle, like second tier level of tight ends. All right, Adam, this was fun, brother. Um We'll do it again here real soon. We'll, we'll dive into defenses next time, get into more of the news. We'll have some more quarterback decisions come out about who's starting New England. We know Bridgewater's in Denver. But we'll find out more about some of the other quarterback controversies and see who's going to start. And uh, the next time we hit you guys up, we will uh, knock this out on uh, with all the updated news after the third preseason games. Adam, you have something to say. You're not even listening to me. I'm, listening. I'm, totally, I'm totally listening to you. Uh, we, we're going to cover this and so much more, as, as always. Uh, our podcasts either either run long or we run out of time to get in all that we want to say, um, right? Uh, which is good. So we'll have a whole lot more uh, to, to feed to feed all you guys. Uh, our next visit, I, I I read something really funny right before we started uh, tonight. It's not and a Bible it, verse, is it? It was uh, <laughs> Robbie Anderson, receiver yeah. for the Panthers, said that uh, signing his two year extension uh was because of the connection he had with with sam darnold was a huge reason a big reason it was why he said and right i don't know if he remembers playing with sam darnold with the jets uh, <laughs> right. but i'm wondering if it was really the 29.5 million other reasons is why he wanted to sign that contract i just thought it was really hilarious and from a fantasy fantasy perspective i know that they had some success together right but i wonder if it, you know it wasn't that long ago that he was right. on that team in new york and uh, it didn't go so well I thought that was yeah. very funny. We'll, we'll touch all of that a lot more next time. Adam, any last words? Uh, the Elvises are leaving the building. There we go. All right. Thanks so much.